All right, well, good evening. Thank you for being here today, or this evening. Now, open God's Word with me to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. While you're turning to that, I want to remind you one more time, and you'll hear me say this probably every service uh, between now and then, uh, about our upcoming revival and just your participation in it, how important that is, and for your prayers as we approach that time. Um, Dr. Gary Hollingsworth will be here in two weeks on Sunday morning. My brother, Dave Shorter, Pastor Calvary Hill Baptist, will be here on Sunday night preaching. And then Pastor John Avant uh, is going to be here Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I want to say more about this on Sunday, but let me just quickly say, uh, if you want to do some reading this week, if you want to Google something, Google... I think it was called the Brownwood Revival, Brownville Revival. Google Brownville Revival. Don't do it right now. Don't do it right now. Uh, Google Brownville Revival. John Avant was the pastor of the church where that revival broke out. And it spread across the nation. And uh, so we're uh, just really very fortunate to have him coming. Has a heart for God, has a heart for missions. Uh, I met with him in Cleveland this year. Uh, that's an uh, opportunity that I had to kind of meet him and hang out with him a little bit. Met him in Cleveland on a, on a mission trip. And uh, really looking forward to having hear, him here at Mount Airy. Um, so that's coming up. And certainly pray, pray, pray. And we'll do that at the end of the service today, uh, tonight. Now, here's what I want to do tonight. I want to talk to you about five things you should pay attention to. Especially if you're a Christian. Five things you should pay attention to. You know, see if you agree with this. True or false, all right? True or false. When you surrender yourself to God, every part of your body belongs to Him. True or false? I wonder how seriously we take that, though. Sometimes I wonder if we really take that very, very seriously. Now... We're going to look at a lot of Scripture tonight. I mean, I'm just going to overwhelm you with Scripture, but you won't be able to leave here and say, well, that preacher never opened his Bible. Uh, We're we're going to open, we're going to wear out your Bibles uh, tonight. And I want you to go, first of all, to 1 Corinthians. I know your Proverbs 4, we'll come back to that. Uh, Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to show you a verse there. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 19 through 20. Here's what the Word of God says. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? Whom you receive from God? Question mark. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Honor God, he says, with your body. Warren Wiersbe has wisely said, the will of God isn't for the curious, it's for the serious. We'll say that again. He said the will of God is not for the curious, it's for the serious. God expects us to live differently because we know him. You know, when you use something that belongs to someone else, if, if you found this to be true, maybe I'm the only one that does this, but I bet you do it too. When you use something that belongs to someone else, you usually are more careful with it, aren't you? 
If you go borrow something, a tool from somebody, or you borrow somebody's car especially, you're just a little bit more careful with it than you would if it was yours. I've, I've done that before. I, I've borrowed an automobile, and, and I just wanted to make sure that when I took it back, there was no dings in the door, and I'd swept out the, the, you know, the, the floor mat and, and made sure I had gas in it and, and put extra gas in it and all those kind of things. Uh, maybe even ran it through the car wash or something like that. I, I wanted to make sure I took good care of that car that I had borrowed. Could I ask you a personal question? Could I ask you a penetrating question? What are you doing with God's property? Your body. God's property. Are you living in such a way that you're pleasing the owner? I want you to understand tonight that what you do with your body is of great importance to God. I want you to look with me, and I hope you're taking notes, because I'm going to give you a ton of scripture to look at tonight. I want you to go, you're in 1 Corinthians, go to chapter 10, verse 31. Chapter 10, verse 31. Here's what he says. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, that is, with your body, whether you're eating or drinking or whatever you do with your body is implied, do it all for the glory of God. What you do with your body makes a difference. Go over to the left of Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. 12 and 13. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to who? To, who? to Him as instruments of righteousness. See, God is very concerned. He's very interested in what you do with the parts of your body. Let me show you another one. Go over to the right, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. And whatever you do, that is whatever you do in your body, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, the things you do with your body, now, whatever you do, whether in words or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, here's my point, and I'm going to start digging down, so hang with me for a second. When you surrender yourself to God, here's what I want you to understand on a primary level, I mean, just kind of a foundational level. When you surrender yourself to God, every part of your body belongs to Him. Now, that's going to be real important in just a moment, so make sure you get that. When you surrender, we talk about surrender on Sunday mornings. When you surrender yourself to God, every part of your body belongs to Him. And that's why it's important for us to sometimes take a spiritual inventory. We talked about that in this morning's message, that maybe it's good for you this week, it'd be good for you to take some time away and just do a spiritual inventory of your life and, and see where you are in your relationship with God. Well, I was thinking about this. If you're going to actually take me seriously, uh, serious and, and actually go out and do a spiritual inventory, how do you do it? How would you examine your life? 
how would you go about doing this spiritual inventory that I'm asking you to take this week? And so that's really what I want to talk to you about tonight. How do you do that kind of spiritual inventory? I'll, I want to give you five things you should pay attention to. As you do a spiritual inventory of your heart, of your life, I want to give you five things you should pay attention to. Now we're ready to go back to Proverbs chapter 4, which is a wonderful paragraph that can be used to examine our lives and our walk with God. Now certainly this is not intended to be an exhaustive list, and it's not intended to be a checklist for that matter, but it does provide us with a good template or template. Which is it? How do you say that word? Is it template or template? However I want. All right. It provides us, the Proverbs 4 provides us with a good template or template to check our lives by. And basically, when you read through this text, you'll find that there are five areas that we can examine to see if every part of our body is under the lordship of Christ. I want to challenge you tonight. Everybody look up here at your pastor for a moment. I want to challenge you tonight. Is every part of your body surrendered to the lordship of Christ? Now, on first reading, probably you would hopefully say, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. But tonight I want to start a spiritual inventory with you, a spiritual inventory that I hope that you'll continue as you go through the week. And I want you to ask yourself, as we look at these five things you need to pay attention to, I want you to ask yourself, is every part of my body surrendered to the Lordship of Christ? It's a big question. But man, will it pay dividends if you'll take that seriously. So let's look at it. Uh, so here, here we go. We're going to look at our bodies and what we do with it to see if the parts of our bodies are really under the lordship of Jesus. So let's just uh, start with verse 20. I'm going to give you five questions as, as we talk about five things you need to pay attention to. I'm going to give you five questions to ask in your spiritual inventory. As you ask yourself, and you can't take this for somebody else, and you can't use this on your spouse or on your children. Uh, you just need to do this for you. You just need to ask yourself these five questions. Here's the first one. Again, you're doing a spiritual inventory. What are you doing with, with God's body? Here's the first question. What comes into my ears? Write that down. What comes into my ears? Uh, go with me, Proverbs chapter and let's look uh, in verse 20. Here's what he says. My son, we could also say my daughter, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. You know, we live in a day and an age when we have a lot of, going into our ears these days, don't we? We're in an awful lot. How many have earbuds? Raise your hand if you got some earbuds. All right? Some of you say, what, what is earbuds? I don't know. i got an earache. I don't know about earbuds. Uh, how many have headphones? All right, about the same number. Okay. Um, have you th thought lately about how much comes into our ears just on a daily basis, and certainly on a weekly basis. I mean, we live in a day of, day of information, and there are podcasts, and there's 24-7 satellite radio, and there are 
webinars and there's YouTube and GodTube and there's iPods and there's you can have an iPod that has thousands of songs on it, and, or your phone have thousands of songs on it. There's movies you can watch on your electronic devices, on and on and on. And some of it can be good, but we just need to make sure that we're very discerning about what comes into our ears. Because here's what I know. Somebody probably, I hope that you'll want to say amen to this. Here's what I know. Whatever I'm listening to will ultimately influence my mind, my heart, and my decisions. Isn't that right? Whatever I'm listening to is going to influence my mind, my heart, and my decisions. So I better be careful about what I'm listening to and who I'm listening to. Because so you're taking a spiritual inventory, as so you're looking at your own life, the first question you ought to ask yourself is, what comes into my ears? And then beyond what you hear through earbuds and TV and internet and radio and all that kind of thing, you interact with a lot of people. Beyond just the, the digital stuff, you interact with a lot of people. I mean, just think about the people that you encounter. Tomorrow, who, it, no telling how many people some of you are going to encounter tomorrow. Now, some of you are retired and you're going to be at, at home and you're not going to see a whole lot of people besides your spouse or someone. But, but a lot of you, you're going to be out there and you're going to be engaged in work and you're going to be at school or wherever and you're just constantly seeing people and talking to people and interacting with people and so my question would be this who are you listening to are you following their advice are you listening to their dirty jokes are you are you part of of their inappropriate conversations I want you to look at Paul's warning about what we listen to look in Ephesians chapter 5 I told you we're going to look at a lot of scripture and we may not even get through all of this, but we're going to give it a good try. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4 says this. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You know what Paul is talking about? We're kind of in the, jumping in in the middle of the paragraph. What Paul is talking about is there's certain things you ought not be listening to. There's certain things that should not be coming into your ears. And he talks about some of those things right there. That there shouldn't be any obscenity. There shouldn't be foolish talk. There shouldn't be coarse joking. These are the things you need to be careful about regarding what you listen to. So let me give you another scripture. This is Bible drill uh, tonight, I guess. Psalm one. Verse 1, Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the what, church? Does not walk in the council. Of the, of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Uh, blessed is the man, he said, who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. You're, there, it, it matters who you're listening to. It matters what you're hearing. Go to the right to Proverbs, uh, the next book over, Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 10 through 15, if you're taking notes. My son... Hear this now. Hear this, church. My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. 
if they say, come along with us, let's lie in wait for someone's blood, let's waylay some harmless soul, let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole, like those who go down to the pit, we'll get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder, throw in your lot with us, and we'll share a common purse. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set your foot on their paths. You know what the, the writer of Proverbs was saying? Listen, it makes a difference who you're listening to. It makes a difference who you're following. It makes a difference what you allow in your ears. So ask yourself this question. Is what you're hearing drawing you closer to God or is it dragging you back closer to the person you used to be? Good question. Is what I'm hearing helping me get closer to God, or is what I'm hearing dragging me back towards the person I used to be? So what, what are you allowing in, into your ears? That's the first, first question. Let me give you one word of warning. If we continue to listen to the wrong things or to the wrong people, eventually we'll find that we're not listening to God. Isn't that true? If you continue to listen to the wrong voices, if you continue to listen to the wrong things and the wrong people, eventually you'll find yourself you're not listening to God. I mean, the greatest example of that, of course, is Eve. Disobeyed God because she started listening to the voice that was not God's. And once she started listening to the voice that was not God's, she started disobeying this God she was not listening to. I find it interesting when I read Mark chapter 8, if you want to turn there, how Jesus was very careful about what he listened to. Jesus was very careful about what he listened to. Mark chapter 8, verse 32. Now let's start at verse 31. He did begin to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Uh, but when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. You see, the Lord Jesus himself was careful about what he was listening to and who he was listening to. And he understood that this person that he was listening to was being used by the enemy. And so he wanted to make sure that he was careful about what and who he was listening to. And he eventually identified that this is not... This is not leading me directly closer to God. It's taking me away from God's purpose. So he said, get behind me. So as you do your spiritual inventory, one question is this. What am I listening to? Number two, another question for you to ask as you do your spiritual inventory is this one. What is in my heart? What is within my heart? Go back to Proverbs now, chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. I want you to find verse 23. I want somebody to read that one for me. Read it out loud, please. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Yeah. Above all else, guard your heart. You see, whatever the heart loves, the ears will hear and the eyes will see. Church, you need to learn this lesson. Whatever the heart loves, the ears will hear and the eyes will see. 
I have a special talent. I have a special gift, and I haven't really shared it with many people. Maybe you've picked up on it if, if you've been around me or gone out to eat with me. Um, but I, I have a real knack for noticing when a restaurant serves Pepsi. I mean, really, I'm serious. I, I'm serious. I, I mean, even before we get into the restaurant. I have this special ability. When, I, when I'm pulling into the parking lot, before I get out of the car, I mean, this is a sickness. I understand it is. But before I get out of the car, before I park the car, when I'm pulling into the parking lot, I'm looking into the restaurant to see if I can see any signs of whether they serve Coke or Pepsi. And if I don't see it then when I get out of the car and I'm walking toward the restaurant, then I'm looking for, where's the, where's the vending the the, the dispenser, is it Coke or Pepsi? Or I'm looking for signs, you know, the, the, the Pepsi sign or the Coke sign somewhere displayed. I'm looking, I'm looking for the advertisements that you can sometimes see. I, I, honestly, I do this all the time. I just haven't confessed it to anybody. I feel good about getting it out. I do this all the time. Every restaurant I go to, as I'm walking towards the restaurant, before I ever get into the restaurant, 99% of the time, I can tell you what they serve before I ever step foot in the restaurant. Now, what, what is all that about? This is simply this. Whatever the heart loves, the ears will hear and the eyes will see. See, in my heart, I love Pepsi. Now, that's not good, but I do. I love Pepsi. And so, because that's in my heart, my eyes tend to look for it. That's why the writer of Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart. Because what your heart loves, your eyes will tend to look for. And sooner or later, if we're not careful, hidden appetites will become sins and often open sins. So you need to ask yourself, what's in my heart? It's amazing how often we're warned in Scripture about what's in our heart. I don't think I have time to read all of these, so I'm just going to give them to you and ask you to look them up. There are five different, five different heart passages that would be good for you to look up as you do the spiritual inventory. Five heart passages. Uh, Proverbs 28, 14 talks about a hard heart. We can look at that one because it's, it's in Proverbs. So Proverbs 28, verse 14, here's what it says. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart does what, church? Falls into trouble. The writer of Proverbs said, listen, here's the danger of a hard heart. You're going to fall into trouble. You're more susceptible. And if, you're, if you have a hard heart and, and you don't deal with it, you're going to fall into trouble. Again, while we're in Proverbs, let's go to Proverbs 21.4. Because in that chapter, he talks about a proud heart. The first one was a hard heart. In Proverbs 21.4, he talks about a proud heart. Proverbs 21.4. Haughty eyes and a proud heart, the lamp of the wicked are sin. And then, let me, I'll just give you the three other ones. Hebrews 3.12 talks about an unbelieving heart. Hebrews 3.12, an unbelieving heart. Matthew 24.12 talks about a, a cold heart. Matthew 24.12, a cold heart. 
And Psalm 51.10 talked about an unclean heart. David cried out, create in me a clean heart, O God. It's amazing how often we're wondering scripture about our hearts. I like David's prayer. It's a prayer that perhaps we need to pray as we take this inventory in Psalm 139. Psalm 139, verse 23, David simply prayed this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Because whatever the heart loves, the eyes and the ears tend to follow. So, second question is, what's within my heart? Here's the third question as you do your spiritual inventory. Number three. Before I give you number three, turn to your neighbor, because I want to make sure you're still awake. Turn to your neighbor and say, he's about to start meddling. I saw Donna up here talking to herself. I'm worried about that. (laughs) All right. So let me give you number three. Number three is this. Third question is, what's on my lips? What's on my lips? Proverbs, again. uh, Proverbs 20. I believe that was the chapter we've we've been looking at. Proverbs 20, uh, verse 24. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Proverbs 4, I'm sorry, thank you. Proverbs 4, verse 24. Proverbs 4, verse 24 says this. Put away perversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Whatever is in my heart will ultimately come out of my mouth. I didn't say that, Jesus did. He's the one that came up with that. Whatever's in your heart will eventually come out of your mouth. It's in, in, in Matthew chapter 12. Let me show you that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 and 34. I told you are going to use your Bibles a lot tonight. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33. Make, uh, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. Verse 34. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. You know, has anybody ever done this to you? Somebody just, somebody just blistered you. And then they say, oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't, I didn't mean it. I, did, I, I was just talking. I didn't mean it. You know, you know what was coming out? What was in their heart. Because what's in their heart eventually is going to come out of their mouth. So as you're doing a spiritual inventory, what was the first question we're going to ask? What's what's going into my ears? What's the second question? How, How do we ask it? What's the second question? What's in my heart? What's in my heart? Then that third question is, and what's on my lips? God's children need to be careful about what, about what we say. See, it matters to God what's on your lips. Remember, the verse we started with, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The verse we started with is that you belong to God and you're not your own anymore. That when you accept Christ as your Savior, you are God's. And the question is, what are you doing with God's property? And so that's why we're asking these these questions tonight. And we come to this question, what's on my lips that belong to God? These lips, they belong to God. What's on my lips? 
Look in Titus chapter 2. This, this is interesting. Titus chapter 2. Now, Titus is a book that was written to basically uh, to train a pastor, train a preacher. And uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. Here's Paul's counsel to Titus. He says, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. That, that's a good thing for a preacher to follow. And then he says, in your teaching, show integrity. That's a good thing for a preacher to follow. Seriousness and soundness of speech. Now notice that one in verse 8. He said, I want you to also show soundness of speech that cannot be condemned so that those who oppose you may be ashamed because they have nothing bad to say about them about us. He says, you need to be careful, Titus, as a pastor, as a preacher, you need to be careful that there is soundness of speech that's coming out of your mouth, because what comes out of your mouth matters. Now, I would submit to you that's not only true for a pastor or a preacher, I would submit to you that's true for everybody. You need to be very careful about what comes out of your mouth. There needs to be a soundness of speech that cannot be condemned. In other words, you need to live what you teach live what you teach and live what you say. Let me show you this again in Colossians. Go over uh, and find the book of, of Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. Go over to the left, you'll find Colossians. Uh, Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. Here's what he says about what's on our lips. Colossians chapter 4 verse 6. He says, let your conversation be, what's that next word? Always. Let your conversation, what comes out of your mouth, what's on your lips, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Because what comes out of your lips matters. What comes out of your lips is important to God. And it's also life-shaping for you. So he says, let, your, let what comes out of your mouth be always seasoned with grace. Look at this uh, next verse in the same book, chapter 3. This time, chapter 3, verse 8. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your, from your mouth or from your lips. Everything that he mentioned there where he said you need to rid, yourself of the, rid yourselves of these things. Everything that he mentions are things that come out of our lips. Things that come out of our mouths. And so as you're doing a spiritual inventory, here's one of the places where you need to really dig deep and you need to ask yourself some hard questions. What's been coming out of my mouth lately? What's been on my lips lately? We got to... Uh, I don't, don't have my phone, but if you'll see me some other time, I got a video I'd love to show you of the world's greatest grandbaby. <clears throat> we just got it I, this morning, I think. We, we get a Snapchat every, every, every day of, of Lily, which is like a little 10-second video, and she's just got a tooth that's that starting to come in. And her mama, our daughter Kelly, her mama was trying to take a picture you know, trying to pull down a little, open her mouth and take a picture with the camera. And Lily had all she wanted of that. And so when Lily gets mad, she goes, <laughs> I don't know why she does that. 
but, but this is what she did. She went, <laughs> then she got her little hands up and started going, <laughs> I don't know what she was saying to her mama, but she was chewing her mama out. I said, you're going to have to watch that one. She's going to be sassy when she gets older. You're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to, have to talk to her about what comes out of her lips when she gets older. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? We all have that tendency, and, and, and God knew that. Go, go over to the left. Let me show you a powerful verse in Ephesians chapter 4, verse uh, 29. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Here's what it says. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Because what comes out of your mouth matters. So do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs so that it may benefit those who listen. I mean, we could just go home right now and say, That's, that one verse is enough for me to focus on this week. That one verse is a, is a big enough hurdle for me to focus on and pray over this week. But, but it doesn't end. Go over to the right. Go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. It's amazing how much God talks about what comes out of our mouths. James chapter 1 verse 19. You believe that there is one God. Good! Exclamation mark. Even the demons believe that. Pause. And shudder. Now, look at verse 20. Oh, I'm sorry, I was in the wrong chapter. Chapter 1. That's still a good verse, though, isn't it? Chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 19. My dear brothers, take note of this. Take no isn't that interesting? It's almost, he said, my dear brothers, you need to write this one down. This is so important. This is so significant. At least highlight it, underline it. Take note of this. Write this down. Everyone, there's that word again, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Why? For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. You know what he's saying? Be careful about what comes out of your mouth. James chapter 3. This is where he really starts meddling. James chapter 3 verse 1. Now many of you should presume, not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. That verse bothers me to no end. I mean, it really does. It scares me sometimes. Verse 2, we all stumble in many ways. Can anybody say amen to that? We all stumble in many ways. If anyone is never at fault in what he, in what he what? Have you noticed that before? You probably thought that that verse was going to say, if anyone is never at fault in what he does. That's not what the verse says. The verse says, if anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. Because what he says matters. And so we go to verse 3. When we, when we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or... Take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire 
by a small spark, and the tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among, among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person. That's why it's important that you be careful about what's coming out of your mouth, because it corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of, of life on fire, and is itself set on fire by, by hell. Do you, can I pause there for a moment? Do you understand understand that Satan in hell is trying to influence what comes out of your mouth? Do you understand that he wants to use what comes out of your mouth for his own destructive purposes? So it's very important that we take an inventory and say, what's been coming out of my mouth lately? Verse 7. He says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers, this should not be. Proverbs 13.3 sums it up well. I'll just read it to you. It says, he who guards his lips guards his life. But he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. So ask yourself this question. What kind of words have been coming out of my mouth lately? If you really want to experience revival, I mean, you're, you're serious about it. Do that spiritual inventory and ask yourself, what kind of words have been coming out of my mouth lately towards my spouse? What kind of words have been coming out of my mouth lately towards my coworkers? What kind of words have been coming out of my mouth lately towards my neighbor? What kind of words have been coming out of my mouth lately towards my children? Because the words that come out of your mouth are not coming out of nowhere. The words that come out of your mouth are coming out of your heart. It's a very good question as you're asking, as you're doing the spiritual inventory. What, what's coming out of my mouth? Here's the fourth one. I'm going to have to hurry a little bit on these last two. Here's the fourth one. What is before my eyes? Or what are my eyes looking at? Verse 25, going back to Proverbs 4 again. That's our main passage. Proverbs 4, verse 25. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. The idea behind that verse is that you refuse to be distracted by worthless things around you. See, Eve's decision to disobey God came as a direct result of what was before her eyes. You ever notice that in Genesis chapter 3? Why don't you put your finger in Proverbs and go to Genesis since it's so easy to get there. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. I want you to notice how the whole concept of sin Entering the world was because of what was before her eyes. Genesis 3, 6. When the woman saw, notice that word, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasant or pleasing, pleasing to what? To the eye. 
and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and ate it, and she gave some to her husband who was with her, and, and he ate it. You see, what you and I allow our eyes to focus on often determines our actions, our values, and our plans. What you allow your eyes to focus on will determine your actions. It will determine what you value in life. And it will determine the plans that you have in life. I think we would do well to imitate King David when he said in Psalm 101.3. Here's what he said in Psalm 101.3. He said, I will set before my eyes no vile thing. I will set before my eyes no vile thing. The writer of the 119th Psalm even made what he looked at a matter of prayer. He even prayed about what his eyes would look at. Uh, look in Psalm 119, if you're there in Psalms. 119, verse 37. He said, this is a prayer. He's praying to God. And you know what he's praying to God about? What his eyes are looking at. He says in verse 37, Turn my eyes away from worthless things and preserve my life according to your word. And so he's making it a matter of prayer. God, I recognize that this is important. I recognize that this is significant. I recognize that it affects my walk with you. So turn my eyes away from worthless things. Job in Job 31.1 said, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a girl. That was the problem with David we talked about this morning. David saw Bathsheba. He looked at her with his eyes and he lusted after her and he had an affair with her. Because, you see, if you want to walk with God, you have to be careful about what your eyes are looking at. Man, I've just got so many scriptures. Let me just give you one of these. I'm trying to decide which one. Um, let's go to Matthew 14. Matthew 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 30. Well, let's go to verse 28. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water. Came toward Jesus. If you could put a if you could put a period there and stop it, it'd be a wonderful story, wouldn't it? It's still a wonderful story, but but it'd be fascinating that Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water, and he went toward Jesus. But then you see verse thirty. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, "Lord, save me!" See, what your eyes are focused on, what your eyes look at, really does matter. It matters whether, you're, whether you sink or swim, literally, if I could put it that way. Let me give you one other. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. Luke chapter 9, verse 62. In this passage, he's talking about the cost of following Jesus. And Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and... Looks back, it's fit for service in the kingdom of God. Nobody who, who looks back, nobody who, who lets his eyes focus on the past, 
You're not fit for the kingdom of God. Do you remember that other passage? I didn't look it up, but it just jumped in my mind. Remember that other passage where Jesus said, if your eye offends you, if your eye causes you to to stumble, if your eyes cause you to sin, what did he say to do about it? Oh, gouge it out. Please don't go home and do that. He was was using uh, a metaphor. He was using symbolic language. I don't think, I had a, I had a, uh, a professor, Dr. Robert Sheridan, who helped me with that as more than anybody at Carson Newman College a century ago. Uh, Dr. Sheridan said, guys, most of us, we're all preacher boys, and we were all there in the class, and he said, guys, here's what I found out. You can gouge out both eyes and still think about it. So, so just plucking out your eye is not going to solve the problem. But the point Jesus was making is this. What your eyes focus on really is is very, very important, especially in your walk with God. So, I got one more, but before we look at that one, what are the first four questions you're going to ask yourself this week as you do a spiritual inventory? What's the first one? What comes into my ears? Number two, what's in my heart? Number three, what's on my lips? What's been coming out of my mouth lately? Number four, what's before my eyes? Number five is this one. What's ahead in my path? What's ahead in my path? Going back again to our primary text, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26 and 27. He said, Make level paths for your feet. Take only ways that are firm. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Keep your foot from evil. Make level paths for your feet. The Bible warns us repeatedly that you need to pay attention to where you're going. You need to pay attention to how you're walking in life. Life's too short. Life's too precious to be wasted on the temporary and on the trivial. So any spiritual inventory should ask the most basic question of all. Which way am I headed? Which way am I headed? Am I headed closer to God or am I headed away from God? Now, I'm out of time, so let me just close and summarize it this way. These five things that we've talked about, these are not, listen to me, church, these are not things God will do for you. These are things that God is counseling you to do don't go home and start praying oh god oh god oh god uh, oh god help help me and 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 change me and god i need revival and god's going to say no wait a minute time out time out time out remember those five things keith talked about so what are you doing what's coming out of your mouth let's deal with that what's your eyes looking at let's deal with that What's in your heart right now? Let's deal with that. These are not things that you can ask God to do. These are things that God is counseling you to do and me to do. What's ahead in my path is that last one. Truth is, you determine that to a large degree, don't you? What's ahead in your path? You determine that to a large degree. So as you look over these five questions, are there places where you need to make any changes? Are there things that perhaps you say, yeah, I'm starting to see. Maybe by the power of the Holy Spirit, God can bring about a change in my life 
in this area. So let's pray about that. Father, as we, we now have these five questions, these five diagnostic questions that we can look at our lives, not look at our neighbor, not look at our, look at our spouse, but we're just taking these five diagnostic questions, we can look at our lives and see if we're living in a way that honors you. What are we doing with the body that belongs to you? What are we doing with your personal property? So deal with us this week, I pray. Speak to us. And may we change, if need be, things in our lives that dishonor you. And may you bring about personal revival because we've decided to let the Lord Jesus be Lord over all of our life. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.